When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to In Conversation, a Dub Lab podcast where each week we will bring you interviews from the Dub Lab Radio Archives. Very exciting to uh, to be with you on this first day of spring, and uh, we're thrilled to be able to uh, share the Space Lady in a musical form, in a human form, in a space form, with you here right now on dublab.com. How are you? I'm alive and well and eager to launch. I'm so excited. Thank you, Mark. Wonderful. Well, we're, we're going to give you a launch pad right now, and we're thrilled to do it. Stay tuned. Big thanks also to Night School Records. Thanks to Michael at Night School for making this happen. So here we go. The Space Lady, live and direct on dublab.com. Humdinger got a real life swinger out strutting on the Kokomo. Free fingers, soul gun slinger, street singer, that's a rock and roll show. Hot speakers, woofers, and tweeters, electric reverb, stereo, sci fi. Well, in case you hadn't guessed, that was called Humdinger. That was a song written by my former husband, uh, m- musical mentor, co conspirator. <laughs> And uh, father of my three space babies, Joel Dunsany, otherwise known as the Cosmic Cosmic Man. Man. Joel, unfortunately, didn't live to see the release of my album. He died last November. But I feel him uh, along on the tour with me because he would be in his glory. And I'm sure... Wherever he is, he is beaming love and appreciation at the reception I've received, especially with with his songs. That is on the album, and here's another one that he wrote for me when I graduated from accordion to this little Casio MT40, my toy synthesizer. This is called Synthesize Me. Your eyes are set on stun. You are hotter than the sun. I love to see you shine because you really blow my mind. Your heart beats like a drum. It hammers when you come to terms with you and me. Let's see, I think I will, hmm, 
How about a musical trip to outer space? Anybody along for the ride? <laughs> I'd like to dedicate this song to Major Tom, who in a certain sense was also a ghost rider in the sky. Thanks for that roaring applause. <laughs> you know, my comfort zone is a street corner or a subway stop. So <laughs> this is transformational for the space lady to be playing live on the air. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Dublab. Dublab! Okay, well, I can't do a set without a Beatles number, can I? Hold on, hold on. That ought to work. so much for coming in oh my pleasure what an honor it's interesting you know we've been big fans of your music for a long time and been enjoying uh hearing your music uh that that has kind of circulated and cycled around you know these kind of music circles of fans who who seek out you know maybe maybe more obscure sounds and so it's a real joy that this is available on a wider basis now how does that feel for you to have this proper re-release of your music i'm about six inches off the ground yeah <laughs> I, I feel like i at some point i must have died going to heaven I don't know when this happened, but maybe those um, uh, wings on your helmet oh, flew you up there. to heaven. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and um, the majority of the songs that are on the Space Lady's greatest hits, uh, how how wide of a span were you uh, recording that? How wide of a span did, in time? The, yeah. Oh, uh, I did that recording in a couple hours. Is that what you mean? But I mean, or? as far as a, a, a span of years, uh, 
does this, the Space Lady's Greatest Hits, represent uh, music that you've been playing for a few decades now? Or? Yeah, I started, actually started uh, playing music on the streets of Boston mm. with an old dilapidated accordion mm-hmm. in 1980. And by around 1982, I was able to uh, get a battery-operated oper- keyboard, the first on the American market, this Casio MT40. Wow, so this and, is the uh, so same model that you Yeah, started. exact same wow. one from the get-go. Incredible. So you're very familiar with this uh, specific yeah, setup. Yeah, my brain is programmed for this mm-hmm. particular one. <laughs> I'd probably be lost on anything more sophisticated. What was your first experience like playing publicly on the street? It was exhilarating. Yeah. I, up till then, I'd, I'd spent about seven years panhandling and mm-hmm. selling pen and ink drawings and collages, you know, just beating the pavement relentlessly to make a living mm-hmm. and keep beneath the radar back in the Vietnam War era when, when Joel, my partner, uh, had uh, refused to go to Vietnam and therefore was, uh, was he, in his mind at least, he was being hunted by the FBI mm-hmm. for draft evasion. So we, we just kept a low profile and, and didn't know what else to do but, you know, it, make, make a living by the seat of our pants, more or less. Yeah. Play, playing on the street with a winged helmet might not be everyone's idea of keeping a low profile, <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah, but well, it's it sure beats uh, war, playing yeah. music, sharing uh-huh. music, meeting people, traveling. It seems like a, a great alternative. I, I urge anybody who is thinking of starting a war or going to war, then uh, change your path and play music and enjoy life and celebrate life. Oh, I could have said it better myself. What cities were you were you mostly traveling in when you started? Um, I didn't really. We didn't travel much. Uh, we had two babies at the time wow. that I started playing, uh, so we stayed in Cambridge. And of course, I played. I mean, we stayed in Boston, and of course, I played in Cambridge subway stations and Harvard Square. And, you know, just back and forth between the two cities mm-hmm. until 1984 when. Uh, we came out with our first cassette, and it was instrumental. It was called The Cosmic Man. It was kind of Joel's brainchild, although I played most of the tracks on it. Wow. Um, it was, you know, it was our ticket back to San Francisco, where we had originated back in our hippie days in the 60s. And were you selling this mostly at your live performances? Uh, yeah, just on the street. I didn't perform anywhere but on the street wow. and subways and occasional parties, but that wasn't my preferred venue. I've seen some video of you performing on the street, and what struck me was the 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 smiles and connection to people there. It seems like you, you really truly enjoyed and continue to enjoy that experience of performing live. I do. Live. Yes, you got that right. Have you had any, are there any favorite um, corners or favorite places that you've uh, performed over the years that you like to return to? Well, when we got back to San Francisco, I, uh, I was really floundering in the tourist sections and Fisherman's Wharf. Uh, 
was not well received or understood. I wasn't grokked uh -huh. <laughs> um, until a cab driver told me or suggested I play on the Castro, in the Castro district. And the gay community just embraced me, protected me, supported me, and, uh, and uh, really launched me into a, 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 a true career as, a, as an artist, gave me the respect of a performance artist, which I really hadn't lived into yet. Yeah. So what, was what great. years, what, what kind of era was that that you were performing in the Castro? Uh, from about, well, from 84 till 2000, when uh, in, I in, hung it all up. In the 80s, it seems like that must have been a very interesting, it was somewhat of a dark time there with the AIDS epidemic. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder if some of the embracing of that is just, you know, that I think sometimes people, they, many people find music if they seek it out. But if music seeks them out or finds them, it's a really, I've seen like a, a really incredible experience of, you know, kind of taking them out of the everyday. And I can imagine at that point in San Francisco, there was probably a lot of sadness in people's lives, especially within the gay community. Oh, absolutely. And I guess uh, we, there was a meeting of minds because I had had a terrific struggle to get to that point. And I understood struggle and there was such empathy and, yeah, and sorrow. Um, and I happened to be playing, one of my songs was Somewhere Over the Rainbow, and that really hit a nerve, of course, with, with the gay community and, uh, you know, as sort of an iconic song for diversity and acceptance. And so some of my repertoire kind of really was so well received. And I don't know what else it was, except like you say, I. I think people needed a f focal point. Yeah. And I somehow filled that role to some extent. Help them soar out of their sorrow a bit, kind of go beyond. Mm -hmm. I guess songs of, of space or, or other kind of fantastic themes are, mm -hmm. are so otherworldly and, and, yeah. and beautiful. So it's, it's wonderful to kind of have music take you into that fantasy zone. And yes. We all need that. How is it now to, this is your, your first tour of more of conventional, traditional venues. Uh, is there something that, that you love about being on a stage in a venue and, and then maybe something that you're not as keen about? Yeah. Well, in a way, it's, it's my worst nightmare to mm -hmm. be on stage. <laughs> I was always petrified of stages. I had terrible stage fright since my... Uh, piano lessons as a child and had to do recitals. So uh, the street was kind of an escape from that. Mm -hmm. And I never sought out indoor venues. In fact, I shied away. Uh, little did I know that the sound, my sound through a sound system is hugely uh, yeah. powerful. And yeah. It's like almost bowls me over and uh, sweeps my audience away with me and it's it's exhilarating it's wonderful so that's certainly a plus and uh, also to have all these like-minded people in one room I had a, a mantra when I was sitting up on the street okay if I can just touch one person today it'll all be worthwhile 
and many days I didn't seem to, or I'd just touch a handful, you know, they'd stop and listen to a whole song even, yeah. which was unusual, because my songs tend to be long. But. Do you find that children, I, I sometimes see as people walk down the street and there's a performer, I think that... You know, adults, we, we tend to start to build those walls up, close ourselves off, and you can see people walking down the street, you know, a child with their mother and, and hear this music, and the, the children gravitate towards that. They're pulled in and magnetized by something creative, which is really the instinct that we all want to continue to have, um, and parents kind of pull them along. Do you find that, that, that children really connect with what you're doing? Yes, I do. Sometimes the child will be tugging at the parent's arm. Stop, stop. (laughs) Of course, parents tend to be in a hurry. I know, you know, on errands, so sometimes it's hard for them to slow down and stop. But you're right. Well, it strikes a chord, no pun intended, with younger, younger people and children. That's another remarkable thing. I, I gave it all up in 2000 thinking I said my piece. And since I do a lot of cover songs from the 60s and 70s, I thought, okay, it's time for the next generation to pick up the ball. And this is, you know, passe, history. Uh, and I'm just so surprised and pleasantly shocked that it's still relevant to so many you know, people much younger children's generation that's wow that's well, great we're happy that you uh you're continuing and you're re-emerging and and you know reaching an even wider audience you know this is a, a larger street corner i guess to be able to <laughs> to put the music into people's lives um are there any songs that that you've heard recently that you'd want to cover like anything that that reaches you in kind of that you've heard in current music or are you looking for things? I'm looking yeah. I've kind of just been tuned out yeah I don't know why but uh, my life just took a completely different turn and um, I don't know what's out there anymore yeah so uh, yeah I've been appealing to my fans to send me some suggestions songs with a positive message maybe otherworldly, supernatural, outer space yeah. message that will fit my bill. I guess there was a lot of that within the, you know, 60s and 70s. There was a sense of the the world, the music, the possibility of music to change the world and to be a power that, that is really, yeah. you know, deep. Uh, and that still exists, but I think that that was a kind of a more resonant wave that was happening at that point, so it seems natural that you cover music from that era. But I'm excited to hear that you're also um, you've you've written some new music that is really about positive change as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Will you be playing some of that on your tour? Will you be absolutely? Yeah, I, I wrote a song called "The Next Right Thing" specifically for the tour. Great. It's a love song to Mother Earth and a call to action. Wow, great. How did you connect with night school? What was that that first moment? Well, um, they reached out to me, sent me an email, along with a couple other producers, one from L.A. and one from Greece. And um, my husband, Eric, uh, stepped into the role of 
the space manager <laughs> and because I was just baffled what is this what do I do about this I, I don't remember how to play <laughs> mm-hmm. it had been years you know at least 15 years since I performed or and in fact I hadn't played my keyboard since I made my cassette back in 1990 I'd gone full circle back to accordion so thankfully Eric was able to sort it out and communicate with the people um, who were reaching out and he just had a great rapport with Michael Kasparis from Night, Night School yeah. Records and uh, and I agreed he was the man and so well, we signed the deal and he has not let us down he's bent over backward and mm-hmm. just done everything right that's great yeah it's a, it's a great label and a great home for your music um, and uh, Eric was mentioning that something that's very unique is that many of the audiences on this tour that you've been performing for, it's its a different generation. Um, how's that, that reception been uh, from the, the people at the shows? Like I say, very surprising, yeah. <laughs> pleasantly surprising. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so delighted and so rejuvenated. Yeah. You know, I was... Um, I was not doing, I was not following my bliss for these past few years. Mm. And uh, uh, I guess it was a bit of a hi- hiatus, but now I'm back. I'm back and uh, even better, <laughs> if yeah. I do say so. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, it's. I urge everybody to pick up uh, the Space Lady's Greatest Hits. It's available as an LP. Uh, there's also a seven inch that's long, out of print now. It came out and went immediately. Mm. Hopefully, they'll be repressing the yes, seven inches. Yeah, you know, they're repressing. They're repressing now. now. That's great to hear because those went in the blink of an eye, uh, which shows the the desire for people. You know, this music again. It was really floating around. You know. It, the people at WFMU in New York, I know, are big fans and supporters of your music. And uh, they posted on their blog years ago and would see it kind of popping up. I think songs in the key of Z also. Yes, by Erwin, Erwin Chusid, a great yeah. DJ from New Jersey. Yeah, that was very, uh, just such an eye-opening, ear-opening collection of music. And so it's nice that this is uh, really available on a wider basis. If you visit Night School Records, you can go to nightschoolrecords.com. Also, there's a big cartel page, nightschoolrecords.bigcartel.com. And you can find the Space Ladies music right now, digital, physical, and otherworldly. It's all available. Thank you so much for, for sharing this music and for uh, for for reviving all this positive energy. Oh, my pleasure. That's wonderful. Thank you. Hello, Earthlings. This is your friendly neighborhood space lady.
Conversation was produced by DubLab, a nonprofit radio station broadcasting live from Los Angeles since 1999. Sound editing and theme song by Matea Bame. For more programming, visit dublab.com. And thank you for listening.